Welcome to this week's Project Action on Podcast One. Jim Beaver here, knocking this one out. Yes, I am on holiday. It is Christmas break, and that means we're running some best of, some of the best interviews of the year right here over the holidays on Project Action. Today's guest does not disappoint. Throwing it back to earlier this week, this week, this year, with my good friend Jason Ellis. Yes, you know him from SiriusXM fame, pro skateboarder, one of the... Uh, I don't know. He's just a badass. But anyways, anytime you get Ellis on, things are fun, and this interview did not disappoint. So we're going to get to that. Make sure and uh, go over to iTunes if you haven't already. Hit that subscribe button to Project Action. Much appreciated for those of you who do. And if you are over there on iTunes or Apple Podcasts hanging out, make sure and leave a rating. Please hit us one through five stars. We won't tell you how to rate us, but please do so. And uh, if you leave a review, much appreciated. And if you do, if you leave your Twitter or Instagram at username in the body of the review, when I see it, I will follow you back on social media my promise to you so getting to those partners you know we got our good friends there at betonline.ag and right now we're in the middle of our sports net challenge and you know what that means that means each and every week uh the top host uh the top host on uh, podcast one sports net uh we are giving away five hundred dollars and that's paid out to five different fans of my show if I win our Sportsnet Challenge. Each of you are going to take home 100 bucks. It's going to be applied to your betonline.ag account so you can get in on the action and some of the best betting in the business. And uh, yeah, our uh, Sportsnet Challenge is just a pick contest. I'm actually doing pretty solid in it. Uh, slipped in the rankings just a little bit, had some upsets. But uh, yeah, we are... Uh, we are definitely uh, cranking there, and I'm up at the top, not uh, not definitely at the bottom. So, uh, but yeah, it's been fun to do that pick 'em contest. So follow along each week, and you got a chance to win some cold hard cash for your BetOnline.ag account. And you know, speaking of them, they are our exclusive partner here at Podcast One Sportsnet. And you know what? Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account today, and make sure and use the promo code Podcast One, and you're going to get a 50% sign up bonus. Week 17, biggest matchups in the NFL. We got Chicago. Go at Minnesota, Tennessee at Houston, San Fran at Seattle, Pittsburgh at Baltimore, Green Bay at Detroit. In the NBA, it's Clippers at Lakers. Huge game. Boston at Toronto, Milwaukee at Philly. College football bowl games. We've got the Holiday Bowl, USC and Iowa, Cotton Bowl, Penn State, Memphis. Uh, Camping World Bowl, Notre Dame and Ohio State Fiesta Bowl, Ohio State versus Clemson, huge Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, LSU and Oklahoma, another huge game. Visit betonline.ag. Don't forget, use that promo code PODCAST1. You're going to get a 50% sign-up bonus, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And, you know, we got our good friends over there at Geico, and uh, they want to remind you, everybody's got a to-do list. Drop off the dry cleaning, pay some bills, pick up some milk. Here's an idea. Let's add, save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do, go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you, yeah, you listening right now, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Extra money in your pocket just may be the most rewarding thing that you do today. And uh, with that, we are going to roll right into this interview with Jason Ellis. All right, I'd like to welcome back to uh, the show one of my good friends, Jason Ellis. Dude, I was just looking, Ellis. September 2016 was the last time I had you on one of my shows. Before that, we'd done a couple of them. But, dude, it was a day before you got engaged. So I'm looking back, and I'm like, man, it's been a long Holy while, crap. my friend. Yeah. 
Like, wow, dude, that's, <laughs> that's way too damn long. But uh, I guess now congrats on the engagement, the wedding, and everything else, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a while back. But, yes, I did accomplish that. So thank you. <laughs> Yeah. No, how how is things, dude? Because I know, like, I've known you for a while, but, uh, you know, and I've followed your career and everything, dude. Like, I got to say, you seem fucking happy right now, man. I mean, like, things are, things are, it's good to be Jason Ellis, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't think it was ever bad to be me. I just think that I managed to make it seem bad in my, in my own head, thanks to my own issues in life, you know, because I don't, looking back on all of it, I, I mean, sure, there was some tough times, but it's, all in all, it's been pretty good. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we're going to switch gears all over the place because that's just the way I am, but I, 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 this is something that, like I've been studying for a long time, but like last week you went down to Columbia, got some stem cell, uh, some yeah. stem cell work done. Dude, how was that? And I got a question, like it's, to me, this whole thing is bizarre because like that company, Bioaccelerator, they're based out of Phoenix, Arizona, but like you've got to go down to Columbia to actually get treatment, right? I mean, like to me, this whole thing. Yeah, they and, can't, it's illegal to get uh, umbilical stem cells. Yeah, and to me, I mean, that's just crazy that we've got that hang up here in the United States. But how was the whole process going down there and things like that? I mean, were there any nerves? Like, I mean, take me through this, dude, because this is something I've—I mean, I've, I've put some time into, to um, you know, studying. I mean, I wasn't—I really wasn't that nervous. I've had stem cells before in America, where they take it out of your own body, and then they spin it on the plates and put it back in, and there's just way less stem cells because they're taking it out of a forty-year-old man. So they, you know, they disappear as you get older. So obviously, an umbilical cord would have the most stem cells that you could possibly get. And I talked to the doctor about it. Like they have, you know, couples, and it's C-section only, and they sign off on it, and they check their uh, their uh, hereditary thing, like to make sure that there's no potential diseases or anything with the couple. And, you know, they get the money and they have the baby, and they give them the umbilical cord after the baby's born. No harm, no foul. Nobody gets hurt. They get the money, and then the doctor sells it to me and sticks it in me, and it's like scientifically proven to heal your torn ligaments and arthritis and, and tendonitis and stuff that nobody else can fix. It's not scientifically; they'll give you knee surgery, but they won't. They can't cure it. Like I'm like I have no PCLs in both my knees, and now I have no meniscus in my left knee, and my right knee's meniscus is torn as well. So my knees are like destroyed. There's no knee. I have to get a knee surgery in my left knee to prevent a knee replacement and the PRP and the stem cell. And then you get, you don't just get walking around knees. You get skateboard fighting knees. Like you get knees like I had. I wouldn't go that far, but I'm 47, (laughs) man. And my knees, like I'm going to fight in three months and I'll be as fit as I've ever been. Does it, uh, well, you know, talking about that, I mean, shit, you're going to be as fit as you've ever been, but how much how much harder is it for you to train now i mean like you're talking about that this month's three this fight's three months out do you feel like the whole process of training and to get to like that that peak fighting shape i mean does it take you longer now i mean i'm 38 dude and i i gotta tell you like i get ready for a race or something like that and uh i used to you know not have to do anything just jump in the car and go like now there's a whole process and build up and it seems like every single year that process takes a little bit longer to get myself there you know yeah, I think maybe it's just I really enjoy the process. When you're not really competing like I used to, and now it's just sort of for fun. I, you yeah. know, when I was a skateboarder, it was for life or death. Now it's just things that keep me amused. They're my hobby, and if you, you know, you, I, I, I do the sauna thing, and I stretch, and I use these hip flexors, and 
and I get uh, acupuncture, and I do the frozen. I have a frozen tub in my garage that I see it for three minutes every day that if you're not used to it, you would find that the most painful thing ever, but that's, that's the process to me. So yeah, I guess I do all these other things that I didn't do when I was 27 that allow me to wake up and go to the gym like I'm 27. Cause I, I it really is. I grew up with, I didn't stretch. I was top three in the world and I was not aware that you stretched or did anything. I didn't, there was no personal trainer. I'd never heard of any of it. You know, so when you when you start that low and then you get 20 years later and you're an old man or getting older, whatever, your body's hurt from all these injuries. Well, now I add all these things that everybody was aware of for years and it seems to even it up. And the mindset, you know, I was just, I really didn't think about things when I was younger. I just went. Now, I, you know, I'm like, what would be the best way to go about this? And, and you know, because of all the error in my trials, I just <laughs> seem to have figured out a little, a nice little pocket here. Really? Yeah. Well, and isn't that the truth? Uh, you know, and it, you, it's said all the time, right? I wish we would have known what we knew now, twenty years ago. You know, but even if I we think the did, one thing is, is you did know it. You just weren't listening. Yeah. People weren't telling you it. <laughs> I mean, for me, I was being told. I just didn't hear it. Yeah. We just didn't care, right? I mean, oh, truth there. Like, you know, they can tell you, but when you're that age, you know everything, and nobody can tell us anything, right? We're just we're gonna do what yep. we're gonna do. So that's a, yeah, that's your life, man. Yeah, give it give it your shot. Do it your way. So going back to the stem cells, though, I mean, you know, obviously you go in, you get this, you know, this process done in Columbia and stuff like that. I mean, is that like yeah. one of those where it's like instantly within a day or so, like you're noticing things or does it take a while? You know what I mean? For things to kind of set in and, and things like that. Or is it just like an instant, you know, flip of the switch like a day later? You're like, damn, I can feel the difference. Oh, no, no way. It's I mean, the first first of all, there's no anesthesia. They just stick these giant needles inside your your uh, your your bones or whatever it is or in your tendons and then you're pretty sore immediately after and then the next day because I, I got my ankle both knees and my shoulder so i was in a wheelchair the next day because i couldn't really walk okay and that that hurt but not real not like broken bone hurt it just ached yeah. and then the next day not as bad and i was out of a wheelchair and i hobbled myself on an airplane back to america and then the third day i barely limped so, but it's not, it's not, uh, for me, there's, I have different injuries. So my knees, I can't tell if they're any better and my ankle, you know, I'm not allowed to use it yet. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm allowed to like uh, work out in a couple more days, but take it easy. But to me, the one that my shoulder always did, cause I've torn my clavicle and I've separated and broke my collarbone, like tons and tons of damage on both sides. But the left one from boxing, cause I throw jabs the most, that's what a boxer does. I've like slowly torn and loosened that thing up. So now it just aches constantly. It has ached for a year and I just don't care. I just sort of, I, you know, I rub uh, CBD, THC cream and, you know, put the, the freaking massage ball in there. And that's just my life. And I just got used to it. But since I got those shots and the, the initial pain went away from just getting the shots, my shoulder doesn't hurt anymore, so that it, it's not aching. Yeah. So I don't know about the rest. I still have to wait a couple of months for the rest. But from what I hear, the, you know, Chuck Liddell went before me. Matt Hughes went before me. I check these dudes out. They're yeah. doing MMA fighters, and I feel like those guys are really hurt. They know what's up. Yeah. So I feel good about it. Yeah, those are some good guys to follow. I mean, shit. If uh, you know, if you're gonna follow anybody, those guys, you know, they, they know what the hell they're doing. So. Um. Yeah, yeah, and they're hurt. I know. I watched it. 
Yeah. Well, it was funny you mentioned CBD cream and THC cream and stuff. I start laughing because are you into that? Uh, yeah, you know I'm in Arizona, so the THC stuff. Unless you've got your card, you know, you're, it's not quite legal. I I use CBD just about every oh. day though. Um, with non THC, if, if you use THC with CBD in the cream, not to take, yeah. I'm trying to say it it reacts even better. Because I, I mean, I, I used to rub the Tiger Balm thing on my shoulder every day before I box. And now somebody gave me this CBD THC cream. Was it Care by Design or something? But it works better, and it doesn't have that crazy smell that you have on your hands after yeah. Tiger Bomb. So it's pretty good. Yeah. No, I'm, I it's it's made a difference. You I, can't do it. What's that? You can't have it though. No, not the THC. I can't just just stand. What kind of bullshit is that? It's because it's Arizona. We're, see, we're we're one of the medical only states. I guess it sounds like next year they're gonna they put it to vote to have it for recreational use. TH, you know, just yeah. anything with THC. Like I think it was two yeah. years ago, and it literally went down to a couple hundred votes in the entire state. Um, oh. it, it got turned down. So now. They're talking about going back here, um, I think, this next year, and they're going to put it back to a vote, and I think it's going to pass. Like, I mean, it's going to be crazy how quick it passes. Uh, so I think we're going to be opened up just like California here probably in the next two years is my guess because we've already got the infrastructure with the dispensaries. I mean, have you been down Have you been down here? Nothing's changed. The world didn't get – you know, L.A. didn't catch on fire when it happened, you know? No. You know what it's like funny? It's funny because there's a place in Studio City. I go and do some TV voiceovers, and I was in Studio City uh, last year, and I'm walking down the street, and uh, I had an hour to kill. And, you know, here's this little coffee shop, and I go in there and get something to drink. And then I walk next door, and here's this, you know, dispensary. I swear this place was the cleanest, nicest place, and it's in, like, this really nice district. Like, you would have never known they were selling marijuana in there unless you knew. No, they look like Mac shops. Yeah, it was like I was blown away. I'm like, wow! I walked in and started, you know, just shooting the shit with people and uh, you know and talking with them and yeah, super nice. But yeah, no, Nevada's <laughs> the same way. I mean, I do find it funny. Like I go to SEMA trade show and they've got uh, they got a dispensary across the street from the uh, from the um, convention center there, and there's literally yeah. people like lined out the door, wrapped around the block, <laughs> waiting to go in. And there are people from overseas and other places where they can't, you know, that stuff's still way illegal. You know, oh, they can't states. believe it. Right. Yeah, yeah, but it's funny because. There's like a line of people just half a you know half a mile long <laughs> waiting to go in there, but yeah, no, nothing's changed in California, and it's kind of one of those like I've always felt like if people are going to do it, are going to do it one way or another, you know. So and it's not hurting yeah, anything. It'd be I think, better if you didn't have to. If people didn't frown upon it so hard, you know. Because I feel like sure, you know, you little kid out there being a loser. Well, I don't care what you got in your hand if you're if you're wasting your your youth. You, know, you are an idiot, but you know when you're a grown ass man or, or you know a lady. And you want to, what's, you know, why does everybody have to get weird about it? Because if you can have a beer after work, you should be able to smoke some weed. It doesn't, I mean, I've done both. I know which one's worse. <laughs> There's truth in that. But no, I, I agree with you, man. I think, well, and, you know, going back to the CBD thing, though, like I travel probably, you know, just like you. I mean, I'm on the road all the time, and uh, I've kind of seen a corner turn. Like I'm in these really niche places in the United States, and I'm like, man, here's people like talking CBD, selling it. I feel like that's kind of been a gateway to the bigger THC discussion just because I think yeah. CBD is becoming more acceptable now. So I think it's it's kind of becoming a gateway to making this THC conversation just a little bit more open you know i mean when i used to skateboard a lot and i broke a lot of bones like frequently i i started smoking more weed because the painkillers made me angry like they really started to mess with me i feel like maybe painkiller the companies of to make all that stuff are not fans of marijuana because 
it's like a longevity wise if you're uh hurt that you mean the option of an opioid versus smoking some weed you know you obviously the weed's going to be better opioid is you know it's been proven you can't just take that every day for the rest of your life that really does damage so i think maybe it's got something to do with that too because i figured that one out accidentally when i was a kid nobody taught me that one i figured it out <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the truth, man. Anything like that. Like I've had some severe back injuries and, you know, I, I, you know, take one it or two pills. It doesn't surprise of... me the way you drive. <laughs> no joke. I actually start, got my first injury playing football. But yeah, for those of you that don't know what Ellis is talking about, first time we actually met was in San Diego at Del Mar at Terracross. And... This, is all I, this is all I know of you. This is, yeah. how, this is how you introduce yourself. Yeah. Well, and honestly, Why? I went in there. I, I'm this trophy truck guy, right? And I, dude, I had a little bit of an yeah. arrogance and a chip on my shoulder. And I went in there, dude. It was yard sale, train wreck. <laughs> Like, dude, uh-huh. I, I was humbled in a hurry there, man. I, whew, it was bad. Um, there's that videos on the internet somewhere. For everybody to jump. It was, that was like a tabletop, uh, it was like a gap though, right? We yeah, it was a gap. gap jump and I came up short and, uh, you know, and yard you sailed it. And, and you went, and you went all the way over too. Like you, you nosedived, I think. Yeah. Did. Yeah. I nosedove into the backside of the landing and just tumbled and, yeah. uh, Total. Well, they didn't total that car. They ended up putting it together, and then I go back out there, and then like a lap or so later, did the same damn thing over again, and I was just like, yeah. I'm over it, you know. But it I'm, was spectacular. Yeah, I you was were a, the best guy there for sure. Yeah. I, well, I made the intro to the TV show for the year, so I guess I, I got my TV time exactly. one way or another. Uh, right. Yeah, that was one of those that put it. You know what though? I went back, and you know, I'm one of those guys. Like, I, dude, I it was bad. That was a yard sale, and I went back, and I was like, man. I, <laughs> I'm a successful at trophy trucks and everything else. I got to figure this out. Well, three years later, I stayed in the series, figured it out, and uh, I lost out the last year I did it, the championship, by one single point to uh, Hubert from oh, uh, Nitro what? Circus. So, um, yeah, dude, I finally figured oh, it man, out. You got to figure it out. Yeah, it took me three years of doing that because that's totally different than trophy truck. But it's kind of like you and your short course, though, dude. I mean, you started out, and like you said, you you were winning races there at the end. I mean, you put in the work, and you did the time, and you figured it out, right? Yeah, I mean, for those, just those particular tracks, you know, I'm not familiar with all the other stuff when it comes to motorsports, but yeah, I, I think that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I figured that out. I was I was okay to hang out there with people that were I thought were way better than me, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure some of these people's cars are better than mine. I'm like, holy shit, you're okay. And that's all I really wanted to do. I just wanted to be in the mix. I'm so bummed that I'm not in that anymore. I still, I still dream that, Somehow, some way, I will figure out a budget to be back in that, but it's a little too expensive for me. Yeah. Well, have you ever done anything in the desert? I mean, that's I got a fleet of razors, dude. I mean, we've, we've I mean, I talk to the Hoonigan guys all the time, and those guys are like, "You should do this," and I'm like, "I'll do it," and then they don't do it. Every time they say, "After you ask that," any time they ask me, I say yes. I'll go anywhere and drive anything at any time, and they're like, "We should totally do it." I guess we're pitching a netflix show but you know how that goes but until then that's that's my thing i just keep saying yes to anybody when it comes to motorsports i was gonna go on a monster truck on friday and then they were like oh wait you can't drive it i just anybody calls me and says does jason want to drive something i go yeah i don't even care what day it is i'm just gonna go <laughs> and do it that's how and i figure you know you don't i know this i know i'm not one of you i know i'm not i can't fix a car I don't hang out in Temecula or any of that. I mean, I live in Hollywood Hills like a dickhead. And I, I mean, I, I, I'm not in it. I don't have a buggy tattoo. 
it, it's I'm I'm not all I'm not completely in. I don't know enough. If I knew enough, I could build my own car and then race every asshole. But I can't do that, so I have to use this other angle where I just anybody says motorsports to Jason, he says yes, <laughs> and then hopefully that'll pan out. You know, it's funny because I had uh, last year uh, Dak Shepard came and raced with me at the UTV World Championship, and he did three laps in my car, and then I yeah. jumped in and did the rest. And Dax told me he's like. He's like I'm a he's like I'm a professional race car driver that never made it. He's like I'm he's like but he's I, not. he goes he, I became an actor. He's the worst so driver can, ever. Yeah. he always says that I'm a way better driver than him. Yeah. Tell him that. Yeah, no, but he <laughs> he goes. You know what? He's like I learned I wasn't going to make it as a race car driver. So he's like I became an actor, so now I can afford to fund my addiction of you know razors and buggies and whatever the hell else. So. Which is a which is a way better angle because I you know, I mean that's the other thing by being in motorsports it's it's tough work, man. They've like everybody's working real hard all the time. That's how they get that thing to be quick. And when you're just shiny pants asshole and you show up with a quick car and then you go back home, you're the winner. <laughs> I don't know how you pull that off, but that's a that's a winning combination. Absolutely, dude, like we, we should be able to get you out. I'll text Scotto and I'll be like, "Hey, dude, I got the I got the race car sitting here. What, what's it going to take to get you know? Let's let's put Ellis in here. You know, like I'm I'm out he'll racing. Tell you, he'll tell you for sure it's a done deal, and then it won't happen. He's the worst. <laughs> I love him. He look, he always tries to help me at all. I still don't understand why when they're like, "Man, we're pitching this show for you." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> out of all the people that you sponsor. It's it's the it's the fish out of water angle I think everyone's going for, but uh, I am I'm very happy. I don't know. Maybe it's because Ken likes me. I don't know. Maybe Ken tells Brian to be nice to me. I'm not really sure how it goes. So I'm very <laughs> grateful that to get it all those people that are ridiculously nice to me. I, like I said, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, you went drifting over there, right? Uh, what a couple months back. Yeah, they, I learned they... how to do the other day. Yeah. Dude, yeah. How first was time that? I actually got the car to like got actual control. Like I've drifted before because obviously we driven outdoor vehicles so you obviously understand how to do that but i've never just tried to stay drifting at all times uh you know i mean in a car that's more like that i've tried i tried like two times i think once in utah at the nitro circus thing and i span out a couple of times and my son made fun of me and then the hoonigan guys gave me a go in the uh what's that car called i don't know what it's called it's kind of a medusa looking Good thing like some i don't know but yeah, I figured it out. As, as, you know, a little. I got. I understand what it takes to drift a car around and around and around. That's all I wanted. I would. So I said to him, like, hey, like you guys are doing stuff you never invite me. I think they think I'm going to crash the car. Well, they could be right. Well, you know, the thing is, is like I, I had the opportunity, you know, and I'm like you. I, you know, I race off road. I've slid cars. You've slid cars. Uh, it was like two, three years ago at SEMA, um, Ryan Turk, he was doing some demos with Von Gitt, and he's like, hey, jump in the car with me. And they were doing these demos. I'm like, yeah, I'll jump in with you, Turk. Hey. And I didn't realize hey. how much car control those guys have. I mean, uh, you know, a guy like Block or Vaughn or Ryan, like the, how they can, like, I mean, put that car within inches of a wall and exactly where they want it to be. Like, it was, it blew my mind how good these drivers are, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I reckon it's really difficult. The more I, the better I got at it, the more I realized how much better everybody here was at it. It was impressive. Yeah. So I know this is uh, what last. Uh, I, I I've been watching you on Instagram, dude. I'm kind of jealous. You've been doing some stuff at the Indy 500, do tour. Like you guys are doing some rad remotes there with Sirius, man. Yeah, well, I think since the new channel, it was a bit rocky for a while there, but we've got a new boss who just seems to be super gung ho about. Uh, the Jason Ellis show, and then sort of the it's more of a 
instead of the uh, I think the CEO has sort of stepped in. I met him at the Indy, at the Indy 500, and he was he knew me, knew the show, and I'm like, holy crap! Like usually the highest of high don't talk to the yeah. to the talent, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is weird to say. But I was just used to it. I've been there for a long time, but he wants to know me and. And he's a supporter, and and yeah, we're going to do tours, and we're going to X Games. We went to Winter X Games. We're we were trying to go to Monster Truck. Like we're all about it. We're we're going everywhere now, and and Sirius XM is just a hundred percent behind us. It seems like I make up. I talked about a bus tour the other day, and they were like, "Yeah, all you need is the bus if you can." Because I'm I have a. Uh, a new energy drink sponsor, Outlaw Energy. And, I, and they were like, we really love the show. We'd love a few tours. And I'm like, well, man, it costs money to tour. You know that, right? And he's like, well, let's talk about a budget for a bus or something. Because if you have a bus where you have the show can play in the bus, yeah. well, then we're, we're, that's unstoppable. Dude, that'd be fun. You could go to some random-ass spots. Right? That's what I'm saying. Who could do a show out the, out the front of someone's house? Yeah. Like a fan. You know what I mean? Like, just go to his house. And if we had a you know had a, like a little band or something, we could play in his bathroom or something. I got all kinds of ideas. Dude, that that would be so, that'd be awesome. Just go on the road for a couple of months and just just you never know where the hell it's gonna pop up. You know that would be the excitement. And you know fans would see the yeah. bus rolling through and they'd be going you know they'd be going ape shit crazy. A couple months might be a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> you you mean you're not going so full good. on rock star just tour for three months four months at a time and just like. <laughs> I got a lot of tattoos, but I've also got a lot of children, and I, yeah. I'm not what I look like. <laughs> so, what's the tour for you look like? Maybe two weeks. Yeah, yeah, two two weeks. Gotcha. So, how was the I could do two weeks right? and then another two weeks? But no, I'm not doing a month anywhere. <laughs> you need a breather in between. I, that's me, dude. I get on the I just, road I'm so not much. Leaving my kid, I'm not leaving my kids for longer than that. It's too long already. I'm like, I'll do two weeks if it's just you know, I mean, this big event and it's worth it because then okay, I make sacrifices, but. If it's not a really big deal, I'm not not seeing. I'm not you know, yeah. hanging out with my kids. Yeah, I took last summer. I took my daughter. She's ten, and I had to go do some events. I just brought her with me last year, and she had a blast, man. I, yeah, you think you think I could have my kids on the radio show? <laughs> if you heard the show, come on. Yeah. They, you know what? They both know. They both know, but yeah. it's different. It's like sure, they know. They're very aware of you know, I mean, all cussing and whatnot jokes, but. Uh, that's different than just that and just giving them three hours of it a day. That would, that's not cool. Yeah. You know, and that's funny though, cause you talk about that and you know, your kids at some point are going to turn, you know, they're going to turn 18, 20 They're, you know, they're going to start, you know, obviously they understand now, but you feel like, you know, everything that you've put out there in the air, like at some point when they're older, it's going to allow them to understand their dad more. Yeah. I mean, I've always had to deal with that cause I've always worried about, I mean, the being openly bisexual and, and all the stories that I've told, the things that have happened to me, I've always, I'm like, what's that going to do to the kids? People are going to pick on the kids when they find that out. It, it's it's going to turn back on them. But, you know, the more I thought about it, that's why I was okay with it. I thought, you know, there's, I'm not hurting anybody and no. this is who I am. And I'm just being honest about it. And, and if people don't like that. You can, you know, people can react any way they want to, and you can judge me any way you want. And if you're my kids watching me and how I'm judged for what I do, it's just if you have, if you're a decent person, which I believe my children are because I raised them that way. There's no harm, no foul in this. You know, like dad was, dad was who he was, and I'm happy that dad was be was able to live as himself because I think that's a big deal for everybody. 
if you are that person, come out, you know, because yeah. it's not that. If you know, if you're going to be vibed or disliked by some people, hey, that's that's life. You know, learn to live with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I, I, I had to think about that a lot before I talked about all that stuff. So yeah, they're gonna, and I know they're gonna hear all that. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be harder. They could say at some point in their life, this is harder than it should have been. If, if I had a normal dad, you could say that if you wanted to. I'm I'm prepared to live with that. Not easy, but. Yeah. But I also think that that will, you know, strengthen them and make them understand that, you know, not everybody's the coolest or, you know, or whatever you want them to be. They're them. Yeah. But, you know, all that being said, the kids also know growing up they had a solid dad figure in their life, you know. So it wasn't like you were this non-existent prick that was out there doing all kinds of crazy shit and you, you know, had no relationship with the kids. Like, they know who you are at home behind closed doors, you know. Well, that is the, you know, I know, like I said, I look. You know, I've got too many tattoos and I act crazy, but uh, I mean, they're number one to me. And they know that. Same with their mother. That you know, I mean, we're level-headed parents that go to school meetings and we care. And they know that we, they know that they are loved. And we're open-minded. Not, I mean, when you think about it on the scale of parenting, we're we're very aware. You know, my brain works. Believe it or not, I know how to raise a child. We make mistakes, obviously, constantly, but that's being a parent too. But they're pretty solid. They're doing really good, actually. That's awesome. Well, you know, and I think, you know, I think with the way you have and you've approached them and just life in general, man, it's going to let them, it's going to allow them, you know, it's going to be a lot easier for them to find themselves as they get older. And I think that's what, you know, I think we've got people in this country still, you know, they're 40s, 50s, 60s. They never really found themselves. They don't know who they are. They don't know when they look in the mirror, what's looking back at them, you know? And I think somebody like you, you've been through that process, you know, and I think it'll help your kids, you know, find out who they are later on, you know? I mean, it's helped me, you know, ever since I started down this journey of just being completely open to who I am, no matter how, odd it, it is well, sure it's been tough like you I mean i recall several times where i'm like man maybe i shouldn't have been that open that open about stuff but here now i mean this far through it i'm just way happier of a person day to day i would remember who i am because i i know everyone knows who i am if the, if you know me you know that i do that and if you like it or you don't you no harm no foul i'm i'm cool with you too whatever weird stuff everybody else does I've accepted more now as well because I realize that people have had to take a step to accept the way that I live. So it's actually helped out tremendously all the way around. Cause I just look at it like if you, if I'm going to get butt hurt because you don't understand me, well then I'm not going to do this. It doesn't work if I do the same. I have to understand whatever you are, whatever religion, whatever it is you are. If I don't get it or the way you live your life, well then maybe I need to like get some more information and, and assess it, you know, with an intelligent mind, not just be like, oh, I don't understand that. Like, you know, give me a chance. I'll give you a chance. Makes things way easier. I'm less angry because I was an angry person. Still am, but <laughs> that just makes me happier. Yeah. I think we all are a little bit angry, though, behind the scenes. Uh, not behind the scenes, but I think we've all got that little bit of anger in us. I mean, I, I just think that's human nature, a part of it, you know? Yeah. But... Yes, no, it's de- it's definitely it's like a thing you have to fight, but yet but you can't fight it if you don't know it's happening. You have to pick it up first yeah. and realize that it's happening, accept it, and then start to work on it. You know, but if you're just in denial that you're not an angry person, well then it's gonna be a long night. Yeah, how does radio help with this whole evolution? Like I, you know, and I know I do three shows a week, and I'm not on near as much as you, but you know, it's right around four hours a week I'm on air, but. 
um, you know, on three different days, but like it's helped me, you know, I can honestly say, because you've got to talk, you've got to, you know, reflect on yourself. You're interviewing people. I mean, it's helped me in my process. How as radio, I mean, I, I got to think this has really helped you in your process, right? Find yourself and your, you know, oh, yeah. in the openness and things like that. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, it's, it's like you, you know, I mean, therapy is kind of, you know, you, you kind of telling somebody a bunch of stuff. Obviously, a therapist is good, you know, rebuttal with a lot of intelligent information to help you out. But just getting stuff out, even if it was to a wall, I think it's therapeutic. And if I'm telling people, you know, I mean, potentially millions of people every day about things that go on or my opinions, and then I hear their opinions back, you know, to me, it's, it's uh, the most that one of the most valuable things that's ever happened to me. I mean, I get the therapy out, I get to talk, but then the fulfillment of people hit me up constantly saying how much I helped them. You know what I mean? I'm just some dickhead from Australia that was into skateboarding, <laughs> and now I've got you know thousands of DMs about how man, it was you, blah blah blah, all the time. I'm like, man, these people, there's so many of them. They can't be all lying. I think I really am helping people. And then, you know, what, what's much, you can't get much better than that. To People just keep reminding how you're helping them. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, I'm very lucky, man. It's a really good job. Yeah. Did you ever have any struggle? Like, I know there was a point in my time, in my career here, and, you know, I'm making a full living doing radio <laughs> now and podcasting, but, like, I, I struggled with where I turned the corner. I still race, you know, six, seven times a year, but I, where I, I was a professional radio host. And, uh, like, I kept, you know, part of me was like, no, I'm a professional race car driver. And then at some point I'm like, no, I'm not really a race car driver anymore. I'm a radio host. Did you ever struggle <laughs> that transition from skateboarding into radio where you're, you're like, yeah, I'm not a skateboarder anymore. I'm a, I'm a fucking radio host. Yeah, well, first I had to, this is a bad trait that I've had, but first I had to hate skateboarding to get cut it clean and be like, now I am a radio guy and I'm going to be the best that ever was at radio. And then, because I was so butthurt about letting go, it was really tough to let go and not just be good at skateboarding and be known as Jason Ellis, the skateboarder. That's who I thought I was for the rest of my life. It was a weird the only way to do it was to really sever ties and, and you know, move to LA and just, I didn't skate. I just did radio. That's it. And then as time heals wounds, I've been able to look back at it, look back at my career. Now be like, not so regretful about it and, and look upon it fondly. And I'm even doing it a little bit again. And, you know, I'm, I'm finally okay with being on the ramp with somebody who's way better than me. Like it's, it's, I hate admitting it, but there was a time there I was like, I'm not going back there be looking like this, you know, like I, I used to be able to ride this thing like a, like a champ. And now I'm just, I suck cause I don't do it anymore and I don't want to do it in front of anybody. But now I just enjoy rolling around and I'm okay with it. But I still, I mean, I, you're a race car driver, dude. Like if you don't get paid anymore or you don't do it all the time, I, I'm a skateboarder, you know, like, if, and you know what, anybody in pro skateboarding who thinks they're hot shit can check me and I confidently can reply back. I'm a skateboarder. I don't give a crap what any of you have to say. Like I paid my dues. Yeah. I can do it. As, I can do it as frequently or as infrequently as I choose, but it's in my blood. Just like you dude. You gotta be joking me. Like you're a race car driver. That's yeah. just all you guys are. <laughs> if you don't have a car right now, that doesn't, I don't, you don't, 
it's bullshit. You are you are what you are. Yeah. You can tell. That's what you talk about. Yeah, no, that's the truth. I talk about it. You know, shit, all all, all day long, all the time. No, I you know, and I, Dude, still, I still race. Talk so. to people about skateboard tricks. Yeah. It's not over ever. You know. Yeah. Well, and I know you were on the vert ramp. I know you posted up some videos. Uh, you yeah, you were back on the vert ramp what, like a month or so ago. I think uh, you know pre uh, pre going in for stem cell. But yeah, I I was watching. I was like, dude. I mean, like to me, just dropping in on a vert ramp. Like I I've been up there. I've done it on a BMX bike, but never on a skateboard. But damn, dude. Like if you can still drop in, like to me, holy shit, dude. That's that's impressive to me. I don't care how good you are, what tricks you can you drop hold. in on. You can drop in on vert on a BMX. Yeah. I used to I used to ride in contests. Holy shit. Yeah, I used to ride in contests. Dude, that's sketchy. Yeah, so I think that's impressive, man. I I liked mini ramps better than vert, but I have dropped in on a vert ramp. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I think if it's vert, it's easier to me. Always has been. I don't know. I I was I was kind of like in my BMX career. I went and did a lot of amateur contests. Like I was good, but I knew I was never going to be you know x games good like and i still enjoy it like my daughter loves riding bikes we go to the skate park a couple times a month and i just flow around and i have a good time with it but i've come to terms with you know things but it was one of those like i was just good but i knew i would never be next level like hey let's go get sponsors you're gonna be you know one of the best i just was never that good on a bike you know i don't think that's a bad thing i feel like it's cool to be the winner and all that stuff or be you know mr cool pants but I feel like if you just really love it and you get to do it all the time I mean, with your friends, I mean, that was the best part about my skateboard career. It was awesome to, you know, get really good and get really serious. But then you got the heartache of, you know, when you're really serious and you, you want to take nothing but first and you don't get first, it's heartache out there. You know, I, I wouldn't call that fun. But when I was just hanging out, moving, you know, skating around with my friends doing tricks all day on a Saturday for, for nobody... I mean, that's why you did it. You know, I feel like that's, you guys still get to do it. I mean, even that, uh, the race you were talking about where you crashed those, those little buggy races, yeah. those things are awesome, man. Cause it's like, you're all friends with each other. You've all known each other forever. And then they make some crazy track for you guys. It's like, have at it. I'm like, there's no, you know, the win, what's the winner really get? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to stay at that. I don't want my car to break. That's what I want. You want your car to break? Yeah, I don't want it to. I want to stay out there for the entire race. That was that's that'll make me happy. Well, and I know there was a story too going back to your first race in that because you yours wasn't quite as spectacular as mine, but you rolled pretty hard too, right? In Minnesota, didn't they fly you into Minnesota for your first race in one of those yeah. things? And you and you rolled pretty hard there, uh, didn't you? I got in the car by myself and didn't know that. I, this is probably anything at all, and I think the players had dual drive all four-wheel drive, and the seatbelt was uh, the seat wouldn't move forward, and I couldn't reach the steering wheel, so I loosened the seatbelt so it's seatbelt so I could touch the steering wheel, <laughs> and the, I didn't have any, and I lost my luggage, so somebody just gave me a helmet, and off I went out there, and it was that track where the terracross thing where it was the gap jump. And it was all muddy, and somebody came up short in front of me, and I was, and they, and they stopped, and they had to wheel him back off. And it's, once they got him out of the way, I just pinned it and went over it, and I went sideways off the jump, and landed sideways. Oh, at least I made it over, and then you know, <laughs> I mean rolled all the way off the side. And, and uh, someone comes over and goes, "Man, it was in two wheel drive," and I'm, I'm, I have no idea what. 
he's saying or anything. And then people start remarking when I get back to the pits that this, this, and this shouldn't have had that, shouldn't have had that. And I'm like, cool. Well, glad you guys just put me in a car and sent me down there. Appreciate that. So, yeah. It's one of those just patch on the back, hurt. go do it. <laughs> it still didn't hurt like skateboarding, so I don't. it's not that bad. No, it's a bit it, scary, but not that bad. Isn't that the advantage of uh, having a roll cage, right? You can go and have all these spills, and yeah, you might get dinged up a little bit, but it's not like skateboarding, right? Taking a fall in, on a vert ramp or something. I'm not, I mean, if you stay in the slower cars, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. You don't get too hurt. So uh, what? Uh, I know you mentioned earlier you got Ellis Mania nineteen coming up, man. I mean, I'm like just looking at nineteen of these things. I mean, uh, well, dude, are you? Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like you got to up yourself every single time. I mean, you know, you've done quite a few of these at this point. I mean, uh, you feel like Ellis Mania. This thing's become like this kind of juggernaut, and it's like you got to keep one up in yourself, almost like Ken Block's Jim Connor videos. It's like, man, we got to come up with something different this go around. Mm, I feel like. Uh... I mean, there's been a couple I didn't think were that that good. I feel like it's, we got I got bum rushing and just always doing it, and I was getting sick of it. Felt like some of the fans were there for the wrong reasons because it was just you know I'm like everyone's supposed to be having a good time here. I feel like people got a little too serious. I'm just trying to win, and I'm like it's not supposed to be real. It's supposed to be funny, and then my fights just got too serious. It's just more about you know I bet you you can't kill me, and, I, and it's just silly. So. I scaled back. I didn't. I'm not going to Vegas this year. You know, I just tried to do some fun ones. I had added uh, professional wrestling, but the one in the Ellis Mania 19, I just play it the way I ain't gonna do it unless it naturally turns out to be. You know what? I should definitely do one right now. Like the one now is just because the skateboarder guy Simon Woodstock, who's the same age as me, same weight. He fought on MTV against uh, Mike Muir from Suicidal Tendencies and, and Sticky Fingers. So he's had boxing fights, and he is a skateboarder that everybody in skateboarding knows. So we're going to fight each other in Austin, and then uh, there's some other fights that have fallen into place, and I accidentally invented another fight on the radio the other day called the Crab Fight. And everybody's pretty excited about that. So it's just fun for me i don't the we're going to get in a, a venue that's about a thousand people instead of trying to do three thousand people and which means it'll sell out real quick and uh it's more about the fun of it you know and it's more, it's way less about i don't have a manager anymore i've made, I've made some critical moves <laughs> maybe they're not that smart but they make me happier i don't have a manager and i don't really do events to make money anymore like i don't want to burn my money but i'm doing alice mania you know, I, I hope to come out even. You know, I mean, I don't I, like I did one the other day at Irwindale Speedway. I just paid for it. I was just like, people come out, check it out. So this one, it's just more fun. There's no pressure to me, and that was the bit that was. You know, I'm very fortunate. Sirius XM is the job. You know, the Jason Ellis show pays the bills, and I can do these Ellis Mania things where all the people that listen to the show and have the tattoos, and name their children after me. And like I owe them. I don't know. I don't care if it makes sense. I owe them fun. I mean, you should come to Elfmania and laugh your ass off. That's you know, it's, it's the best I could do. And I'll put in a lot of effort and I'll train my ass off because, as I said before, the process of training. I mean, this guy's the same age as me. It's two old dudes that used to be <laughs> skateboarders that are going to fight. It's not, you know, I mean, it's not the UFC. But make no mistake, we're old athletes and we, we will put in the time and we will give it our best shot. And this is. And he's not a dude who's gigantic or a heavyweight or a UFC fighter. So 
the chances of me actually getting really hurt are really small. It's more than likely he's going to get hurt, which I'm okay with. It's a skateboard thing. So it's a, it just makes things more enjoyable for, for everybody, I think. And then 2020, I'm going to do a, a big one in Vegas where I still want to do this stunt where I jump off the back of a car on my skateboard and land on a skateboard next to the car. That's the big plan. And then after that, I might retire. Yeah, well, you guys had that planned at one point, right? I think BJ was involved, and there's a bunch of other stuff. And yeah, you guys had yeah. that plan at one point, didn't you? And that's and something happened at the last minute. I don't even know what it was, but yeah, so it's something you still want to do, though. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I'm gonna get a buggy, and I'm probably gonna go build a small one and work my way up. And then once I get it big enough, then I can take it to out front of the the Hard Rock or whatever the hotel is going to be called when it happens. Nice. Is there any point in any of these, like, you know, you're talking about having fun. Like, I got to think, like, I still think back to, like, when you, you know, did your fight with Shane Carwin and things like that. Was there ever a point you're like, what did I get myself into? This isn't fun. This is what I, in what I signed up for? Oh, hell yeah. In the, dress, in the dressing room, looking in the mirror before I went out there. <laughs> I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the stupidest shit you've ever done, dude. When are you going to stop? Uh. Yeah. You think that's what those guys when they're marching them to, uh, you know, to get, you know, I guess death row inmates and stuff like that. You feel like that's what they're going through, you know, in the moment. I mean, you can't. No, no. I mean, maybe on a really minuscule scale, but, but no. But yeah, but a little bit. I mean, dude, like I, if you've been an athlete where you get hurt a lot, then getting hurt is not as big a deal, you know. Like a, a normal person might think, man. This dude's like a 300-pound ex-UFC heavyweight. He could kill me with one punch. So I, I don't think that. I think this dude could knock me out with one punch, and then later on I'll wake up and I'll be all right because I've fucking done this, man. I've had this happen, unfortunately, a lot. It's not as bad as other people think. It's, I know that you know, brain you know, doctors be like, man, you can't be doing I know, I know. Can't be doing that. I should have gone to school. I should have done a lot of things differently. This is who I am. Everybody enjoy. I'm going to try and fight Shane Cowan. Yeah, but the truth is, whether you're fighting or you're doing action sports or driving race cars, that however fast we take them, like it's stuff we shouldn't be doing. Period. You know, we we choose to do it. We know the risks, and uh, you know, you get on with life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make. I mean, as long as you make a conscious decision, are you okay with it? You know, I feel like a lot of my stuff is—I is, know it's dangerous and and, and risky, but it—it's not—it's—it is still calculated. It's not suicide. You know, I don't want to die. I'm just testing myself. It's fun. Yeah, pushing yourself to the limits, man. A little bit sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, man, I appreciate the time today, buddy. It's—it's uh, it's fun catching Thanks up. Thanks for having I know, me. I know you got uh, got some shows to do, uh, you know, later on today, but uh, appreciate you taking the time, man. I guess we need to do it more than once every uh, every three years, dude. Yeah, man, hit me up. I'm I'm ready when you are. Yeah, we're we're gonna get you in a race car. That's that's my goal right now, dude. I'm gonna I'll, I'll text you after <laughs> we get off the show. I got I got my wheels are turning, dude. We're gonna get you back in a race car. I'll be there. Like I said, you make it happen. I'll show up. All right. What's up? Brian Deegan here. I'm excited to bring you our podcast, The Deegans. That will be every Wednesday on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. We'll be covering many subjects such as racing, family, how we stay together, how we thrive as a family. So 
I think it's exciting. We're going to cover all those subjects and many more. Be sure you guys check out our new podcast, The Deegans, airing every Wednesday on Podcast One and on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. 